we see the scriptures here tonight and we see the word peace. Well, there's lots of uh, attributes of God in this chapter here. You see joy is mentioned in verse 4. And you go on down and talk about his strength. He gives us his strength. Philippians 4.13, famous passage here. Even mentions our salvation, the book of life in verse number 3. Then as you come down and you see verse number 6, he talks about not being careful, being careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't worry. You know, a worry is a, is a, is a, is a sin. Yeah. If he commands us not to worry, we do it. Is, but worry is something that stems from our mind, right, mind. Um, they say 79% of what we worry about never happens, right? I love that Mark Twain quote that says, I have had many a trouble in my life, but most of them never happened. That's just a great quote, a lot of truth to that. And it's amazing what we allow to infiltrate our minds. As we approach these latter days, um, our minds, I think, are, are reaching the maximum c- capacity of what they can handle as far as information knowledge. They call it information overload, and we live in a world now where information is accessible at the drop of a hat. I mean, we can find out what's happening in halfway around the world within just a few punches of the button on our phones. It's amazing now. It makes sense when you understand how Revelation, the Bible says, the whole world will see the dead two witnesses on the street because they'll have cell phones. I, you've heard me say before, I've gone to third world countries. They don't even have electricity and indoor plumbing, but everybody has a cell phone. I don't know how they charge them, but they have cell phones. And the world has changed very fast. And more and more psychologists, even outside of Christianity and the Bible, are saying that uh, people can't handle the mental the mental overload. They're being overwhelmed by that. Uh, another thing that they're saying that is, that is constricting or bothering the mind of man is because of social media and because of all the things that are easily accessible on the internet, we are finding ourselves comparing ourselves to other people more than we ever have. You know, back in the day, I mean, you lived in the same neighborhood, which meant your houses were all comparable. Your lifestyles were pretty comparable. You probably worked in some of the same places. But today, man, we're able to see how people live in this place and that place. And, and the, the idolatry that Americans have for celebrities is ridiculous. It really is. It's absolutely ridiculous. I, I was shocked even recently to see several Hollywood actors. And they're so famous, I didn't know who they are. But they said they were Hollywood actors coming out and saying that man was never made to praise man. And these Hollywood actors are even saying there's only one person worthy of praise, and that's God, because he can handle it. And he's worthy of it. And I thought, wow, that's that was a shocking uh, story. I, I guess their careers are over now because they said something about God in a positive light. But, but we just, we're seeing that. It's, it's evidence in this world as it is. And so now we enter another wonderful political season, right? We're one year and uh, about five weeks, six weeks away from another big election, 2024. And it's going to be a leap year. It's going to be a big year, right, all that stuff. And our politicians, once again, will bring up in all of their empty, vain promises, the subject of peace, world peace, world peace, world peace. God is not concerned about world peace. That's important for us to understand as Christians today. He's not. He's really not. Because God already knows that that's not possible with human being intervention. Um, One man's going to always want more power than the other man. It's just the way it is, right? We have to have $500 more than our neighbor does. We have to have the newer car than our neighbor does, just as a whole worldwide, globally, especially in the leadership realm. And so the concept of world peace is not something God's already concerned about. And our politicians are promised. They'll talk about Middle East peace. They'll talk about peace with China. They'll talk about peace with, you know, North Korea and Iran. All those things will come up. And yes, we should pay attention to that and be aware of it. But the fact is God tonight is more interested in mental 
and spiritual peace. Now, when Jesus comes back someday, thank God, he will bring world peace. There'll be no election, there'll be no debate, and it will be unbelievable peace that we have someday. And we're going to get to be a part of that. Amen. Praise God for that. We're looking forward to that day. But until that day, we are able to stand on the promise that you and I have access to the peace of God. It's a beautiful, beautiful uh, principle that is taught here in Philippians chapter 4 because we as Christians know that there have been many Christians down through the ages that have died for Jesus Christ. They've been burnt at the stake. And let me just throw this out there again. Every Christian should read Fox's Book of Martyrs at least one time in your life. I've read it three times. It's an incredible book. It's a book that challenges us in our faith. Living testimonies of Christians who died martyrs for Jesus Christ. And as they were dying, they had a peace that man could not explain. And here's the verse. You see that there in verse number 7. It says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Understanding is a mental phrase. It's a mental word. It passes all understanding. The most intelligent men, the most intelligent leaders cannot comprehend or grasp this concept of peace. It says it passes all understanding. But, and it shall keep your hearts and minds. Now, church, if you're going to pay attention to something so significant, that there's oftentimes throughout the scriptures a little bit of a separation of the heart and mind, right? The Bible teaches us them as two entities that, that really make a difference in our lives. And I oftentimes preach, especially to teenagers, that God speaks to the heart and the world and the flesh and the devil go to our mind. They go opposite directions. When God speaks to our heart to try to purify our minds, the devil will bombard our minds to try to corrupt our hearts. The Bible teaches us in Jeremiah that our heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it, right? And so God's saying here, now there's something here that you can have for your heart and your mind. This is significant. And that peace that passeth all understanding. Man can't explain it. Man can't comprehend it. Man can't sell it. Man can't put it in a bottle and market it on Amazon, right? Imagine, imagine if people could literally have peace of mind, peace in their soul, and yet so many Americans today and people all over the world, they can't get a good night's sleep because they don't have peace in their mind and their heart. They can't, they can't get a rest in their, in their lives because of the, the, the absence of peace that God is talking about in this context here. It is so powerful to understand what the scriptures can give to us in this idea, this concept of having the peace of God. Being able to face hard times in life. Being able to go through tough times in life. And the world look at you and say, wow, what is different about you than them, right? I mean, as we look at society today, I can't imagine living in this world without the presence and peace of God. Amen. I'm so thankful that I have access to his joy, to his peace, to his mercy, and to his grace. Now, having said that, God's established that. God's saying, you have that peace of God. Yet, why do so many Christians struggle with that? Why, why do so many Christians struggle grabbing onto that or, or possessing it or, or daily or, or regularly accessing it? You find your answer in the following verse in verse number 8. Verse number 8 is significant here. It says, And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then you see in verse number 8, finally. Now, if you back up chapter 3, verse 1, Paul used the word finally too. Like he said, Paul was a good Baptist preacher. He said finally, and then he wrote one more chapter. Amen. This time he's about to close his message for the day. But if you look at verse number 8, it says, Finally, brethren, here it is, watch this. Whatsoever 
Things are, next word, true. Whatsoever things are, honest. Whatsoever things are, just. Whatsoever things are, pure. Whatsoever things are, lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think, think on these things. Wow. Wow. Think on these things. So that's a pretty broad verse, right? Because some of you might think of things like something of a good report is a nice hot cup of coffee. Anybody feel that way? Raise your hand. Yeah, backslidden Christians need to get right with God. Amen. No. Um, think on these things. So here's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to just take a few minutes in the middle of the message and, and, and just right there in your section, ask your neighbor, or what, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? Let's start with this one real quickly. All right, let's start with the first one. Okay, first one. It says, whatsoever things are true. What, what is that? Whatsoever things. Remember, I told you before, as I was studying to be a preacher in college, I was taught, by a preacher in training, they said, when you preach, never use the word things. It's too general. Be more specific. And I found out God loves the word things. And I understood in my time as I studied the word of God, why God loves the word things. Because every month, every year, things might be different in our lives based on how the Holy Spirit lays things on our heart. You know, different seasons of life, different experiences of life. What's true today to me might be different than what's true to me next month. It doesn't mean what I think of as true today is not true anymore, but it was applicable at this stage of my life. And that's the, that's the fluid relationship we have with the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit guiding us and teaching us all things. Again, Jesus used that phrase. The Holy Spirit's going to teach you all things. So tonight, right there in your section for just one minute, what, what is true? What is true? Go ahead. Have that quick discussion right now. Go ahead. What is true? What are things that are true? We discussed that real quickly. What are some things that are true tonight? Not politicians, no. What are things that are true? Whatsoever things are true. Amen. Brother George is going to go in and answer the question. He's he's ready. <laughs> All right, give me some, give me some. What's, what's that? The Bible. Give me some. The fact that God loves us. That's the gospel. Heresy, false doctrine, false doctrine, false doctrine. <laughs> couple, couple more. You guys are crazy. A couple more. A couple more. What? Reality. Reality is true. Yeah, good. What else? A couple more. What? Mercy. Thank you, Ms. Patty. Creation. Wonderful. All right, let's go to the next one. Wait, true and honest sounds similar. Ah, well, if they're similar, then why would God put them in differently? Why? What's the difference? All right, look at the next one. It says, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Honest. All right, have that discussion real quickly. Just real quickly, real quickly. What's honest? What comes to your mind when you think of Honest. Honest. I'm sure, I'm sure your pastor comes to mind. Your preacher comes to mind. No, honest. What's honest? What is honest? 
Whatsoever things are honest. Remember, God's going to tell us to, to think on these things. So what is honest? Travis? God's word. Again, and some of these things will repeat themselves again. What? Ah, oh, like mother, like son. Your mom said the same thing. All right, a couple more. Honest. Yes, Mindy? God's love. I, I really like that one. God's love is honest. Well, t- truth is what's established, right? Right? Truth, truth is, if you come to me and say, you know, if you look at me in my life, you say, yeah, preachers should lose weight. But being honest is coming and telling me about it, right? You can sit in your pew and talk about it, but you can come and tell me, that now you're being honest. Now it gets to the next level, right? You're more personal about it, et cetera, right? So what else? Honest. What else? Honest. Paulette? Jennifer said, truth is the concept, the actions. Honest is the actions of it. Truth is a noun. Honest is the verb, so to speak. Yeah, that's interesting. Good. Yes, sir. James. Grandparents. Grandparents are too honest. That's pretty good. I like that one. I think that's a personal testimony, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir, Jack. God's promises. Wonderful. Wonderful. All right, let's go on to the next one. Look at this. You see what we're doing now? We're, we're thinking on these things. And you're coming up with different answers. The third one is what? It says, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are, oh man, this is interesting, just. Just, just. What sort of things are just? All right, have that quick discussion. Just. What comes to mind when you think of just? Just. What comes to mind when you think of just? They're deaf already answered. That which is right. That which is right, right? Justice, right? And we get that word justice from it. Good. What else? What your things are just? Yes. The will of God is just. Clara? What? God himself is just, right? A couple more. Yes, Mrs. Elliot. The consequences of obedience or disobedience, right? That's good. Amen. See, we're thinking. We're doing this on purpose. We're getting our minds working because thinking is a huge part of arriving to this peace that passeth all understanding. See, some of these things that we were mentioning, the love of God, the gospel, justice, the presence of God, all these things that you're mentioning, the world isn't really talking about that much, right? They feel threatened by it. In fact, they're trying to silence it because it intimidates them so much. However, as Christians today, we've got to push that back into the spotlight so the world sees it, all right? Good, just. Let's go on to the next one. Whatsoever things are just. Oh, this one's a beautiful. Whatsoever things are pure. Pure, oh my goodness. What comes to mind pure? Go and discuss that. Go and discuss that briefly. Discuss that just briefly. Pure. I already heard the word innocent pop up. Pure. 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 Yeah, Jesus keeps popping up. Jesus, Jesus, yeah. Pure. Pure. Hmm? A baby. A baby. Except at 2 a.m. when they're screaming because their diaper's full. Yeah, they're not so pure then. God's love. These are great answers. All right, let's go and take a few. Some of you are already answering. The, the, the absence of sin. Heaven's going to be a pure place. Yes, Brother Mary. God's holiness. Amen. That's a good one. You can't help but think of holiness when it comes to the word pure. Yes, Miss Mindy. His blood. His blood. His blood. Pure. What else? Well, his blood is pure. Thank God for his blood. We don't talk about that enough. Praise the Lord for that. Nicole? Heaven is pure. Wonderful. Wonderful. Sean says things about how he talks about the white snow, how pure snow is at first. 
yeah, the purity, that, that's a good thing to think about, right? The snow is a beautiful visual of purity. All right, let's go on to the next one. Look at verse 8. It says, what sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? All right. Husbands, here's a chance to really score well. You are. I was so sure you were going to say your wife with a Samson, but you said me. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's, okay. What's so lovely, lovely? What's lovely? Come up. Things that come to your mind about lovely. Listen, listen, let me just throw something out. It doesn't always have to be spiritual things. God gave us an incredible world. I think it's lovely. I think salt water is lovely. I just do. I love it, right? Miss Mindy? Sunrises and sunsets. How many think that's lovely, right? One of my daughters loves sunrises and sunsets, right? Brother Andy? Your deer stand. How many think your deer stand is lovely? Hunting, right? How many think your deer? Yeah, there's a few of you raising your hand, all right? What else? Lovely. Yes, Brother Chris. Homemade bread. And my wife needs to bring you some of her sourdough. It's amazing. Homemade bread. Let me think of that. With hot butter melted on it, right? All right. Bedwell. What? That's beautiful. Acceptance. Acceptance is a lovely thing. Society is always seeking for acceptance, and Christ gave us acceptance. But even acceptance among our brothers and sisters in Christ, a lot of times Christianity is famous for separating us out over silly things, but yet we should be acceptance of each other and understand how much we love and support each other. It's good. Who else? One more. No, we're not talking about the Chiefs right now. No, sorry. Yes, sir, Aiden. What? Grace. Grace is lovely for sure. This is a good brother, Chip. A newborn baby. I was, I was thinking that, that the birth, the miracle of birth, beautiful gift of lovingness. All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and keep on verse number eight. Lovely. Now, what sort of things are of a good report? <sighs> it's two times, man. Two times in one service. Megan, would you please, Megan, would you please have a talk with your husband for me tonight? Okay, please discipline him for me. She's not, she doesn't look very willing, Brother Brad. I don't know. I'm, anyway, all right, verse number eight. What sort of things are of good report? Can I just say this before you think about the nature of this? Fox News, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, NBC, CBS, they don't obey that part of the verse, right? Uh, reports are so negative nowadays. But what's, what's a good report? What's your things? Yes, Ms. Elliot. Orlando, that's I like that. That's good. All right, good report, Mrs. Miss Missy. The prison reports, Amen. The prison reports is a, is a good report. It's encouraging, Mrs. Carlisle. Someone accepting Christ, just standing up here a little while and telling us that a deaf lady got saved today is a good report, Amen. Good report, yes, sir, Oliver. Yeah, good report is baptism. My man Caleb got baptized today. Yeah, that's awesome. That's a good report. It's a good step of obedience, Brother Bedwell. That's it. And the gospel, it's, it's good report is another train for good news. That's the gospel. Amen. I have to be consistent. My sister said the Gators winning last night. No, if I can't talk about Kansas City, I can't talk about the Gators either, okay? I am a equal opportunity em employer, okay? <laughs> no. All right. Good report. What are the, a couple more? I like the good report, Brilla. 
that the Dingens got a new puppy. That, that has not happened yet. I told Claire, all we have to do is have a makeup invisible ghost. That's the name of the dog. They don't accept that enough. It won't chew. It won't, anyway, all right. Next one, go to Port Bebeto again. How about that? Answer prayers. Answer prayers. Huge good report. I love that one. Yes, Amanda. The gospel, yeah, it's a good gospel. Amen. Uh, car, car. Jesus dying on the cross. You know, that, that's beautiful, right? I mean, because really when you think about someone dying, that sh- technically is not a good report, but that one sure is. So thankful that the lamb was a sacrifice for us and the resurrection. Yeah, amen. All right, Aiden. Prophecies being fulfilled is a good report. I like that one. All right, so now as we see, we're getting down to the end of the verse, verse number eight. It says, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Think on these things. So here's the last thing I want us to do this evening for just the next maybe two to three minutes. I would like you there in your pew, right there in your section, to, to think about verses in your mind that you've memorized or you know that bring peace to your heart and share them with each other. That's the part B. If there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Now we're going to take all these things together. And it's not an accident that God gives us this, this concept of peace in verse number 7. We're applying it now. We're, this is what we're doing tonight. We're actually taking these commandments and these helps and doing it life application right here. Sometimes in church, all we do is get up, preach, and then we leave, and we don't get the how-to. This is, this is it. This is the how-to right now. This is how we can do it on a daily basis, by thinking. God has gifted us something that even animals don't have, and that's the, the power of the mind. Remember, biblically speaking, the, the word brain is never in the Bible. Brain. Brain and mind are two different things. The brain is the organ. The mind is the activity that go, happens in the organ. Don't ever forget that. So now, think of two or three verses and discuss it among your group, and then we'll close by having some of you share your favorite verses. We'll go ahead and do that for a few minutes right now because this is the conclusion of it, bringing it all together. Whatsoever is honest, true, good rapport, all these things, and think of scriptures and sharing them. Go ahead and do that real quickly. watching online, put your favorite verse on there right now.
All right, here's what we're going to do. You're going to help me finish out this sermon because you guys are so wise and so spiritual. Here we go. Hopefully none of the spirituality get disrupted by another graphic on the screen that is heresy or false doctrine because it's so. I feel like the unity and the spirit's going so good right now. Um, just as we go across from just just stand up or sit there, quote your favorite verse. And if someone quoted it already and you still want to quote it, the verse, the power of hearing scripture right now, all right? Go ahead. Let's have a few. Go ahead. What's your favorite verse, Brother George? Moved with compassion. Amen. Amen. Matthew 14, 14. Yes, thank you, Brother George. Paulette? In traffic, forgive them for they know not what they do. I'm going to have to adopt that, Miss. I need that, Miss Paulette. That'll help me a lot. Yes, that's good. Yes. Yes, Lainey? Issues of life. Proverbs 4.23, powerful verse. Brother Samson? Yes. Amen. Thank you, Brother Samson. Yes, sir, Brother Andy. Amen. Praise the Lord for that promise. Yes, sir, Oliver. Well, that's a good one. First verse of the book of Psalms. Yes, sir. Karkar? John 3.16. Amen. Can't ever go wrong with that one. That's a good verse to learn as a young child. Amen. Yes, sir, Aiden. Power and love are the same. Amen. Second Timothy one seven, Nicole. faith we know what you mean the verse about faith Nicole thank you that's good Travis amen that's a powerful one convicting one Bedwell new creature all things have become Finding the good thing. Who's so fine of the life finding? He said a good thing. Amen. That's a good verse. Way to score there, man. That's good. Good job. Yes, sir, Brother Latham. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir, Janelle? Yes, ma'am. Wow. Psalm, say it again. Psalm 145, the whole chapter. 21 verses. I love Psalm 145. Spirit of Anticipation. Couple more. What? You liked it before I did? Probably because you got saved way before I got saved. That's 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 a true report right there, yes. Brother Sean or Michelle. Lamentations three twenty three. They are new every day. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Amen. Uh Marcy? Oh, I thought you had your hand up. Pat Miss Patty? 
That's, a, that's another good one for traffic. I'm glad I'm not the only one that has problem with traffic issues in this church. I, two confessions have really encouraged me there. Amen. Brother James. Amen. Well, that's a good one. Amen. They're all good. Yes. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No man come to the Father but by him. These are really good. These are really good. Yes, sir. Is that Joel? I still get them mixed up sometimes. Joel Arce. Go ahead, Joel. Fresh off their vacation from Florida. No? Mrs. Elliott? Philippians 4.11, be content. I love it. Not satisfied, but content. That's good. Yes, sir, Tom. John 3.16. Amen. That's a good one there. Oh, Amanda. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. That's a good one. Yes, Mrs. Fouch. Amen. Amen, Mrs. Fouch. Mrs. Carla? Amen. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. Yes, ma'am. Brother Bedwell. preacher say one time and you can read that verse backwards and it still makes sense be never will i and it, it makes sense it's pretty cool you gotta look at it that way that's a great verse that's a great verse amen brother street thank you yes i love ephesians 3 20 that's good yes janelle end with you Tom what what we got buddy Ephesians 6 that's a great chapter is that the one that says children obey your parents the Lord for this is right do you but do you live do you obey that verse really good you kind of looked out of the corner of your eye there <laughs> listen church I, I wanted to do this on purpose because we in this in this time that we are at now more than ever Develop a good relationship with the Bible and the Word of God. Get get close to it. Make it your friend. It'll, it just does so many miraculous things for us. Statistics continue to show that so many Christians today um, struggle. And when they trace back their struggles, it, it goes to the fact that they don't have a relationship with the Word of God. We live in a very different generation. 50 or 60 years ago, it was well known that Lee Robertson, the great famous Lee Robertson, when someone in his church would approach him and ask him for counsel, he would say, I will counsel you, but for the next three months, I want you to do these things. Go to church three times a week, read your Bible every day, pray every day, and be a blessing to somebody once a week. That's all he would say, something like that. And he said, and usually in three months, they didn't come back to him for help because it's amazing how a lot of those things can fix themselves. Now, I don't, I don't do that, obviously. If people need help, we want to help them. But that was old school, different generation back then. I get it. 
but there's so much truth in what he said about your relationship to the Bible. The Word of God is, is so powerful, so, so real, so genuine, so helpful. And it's just, it's, it's that powerful. And we live in a day and age where people say they're too busy, but I beg to differ. We, we, we should never be too busy for the Word of God. The Word of God should never be bumped down the list of our priorities in life. There should be some time every day. You know, I, I used to be on that bandwagon that said, you ought to read this many chapters a day, and you ought to read this chart. You know what I finally learned? It's just like my relationship to my wife, man. Some days are just real spectacular days of our marriage, and we had special dates and special trips. But then there's that just everyday casual relationship we have where we talk to each other about just the things of life, what happened that particular day. And it's, it's those days that make a difference. David's famous for killing Goliath, or he's notorious for Bathsheba. But remember, he wrote over almost 75 psalms. Those are the days that made David who David was. So church, tonight I just want to challenge you. You've got your heart. Make sure you, you have something to do with the Bible. And today it's easier than, more easier than ever. Yeah, I have a hard time reading sometimes while you're driving. Listen to it. Listen to it. You have it on your phone. You have access. So you can even look up words now. They, somebody's done all the work to make it easier for us now than ever. Make sure you have a good relationship with the Word of God. And then you will have access to a peace that passeth all understanding. Hedge about eyes, you're close. Thank you for listening so well tonight.
strength for my journey. I knelt at the cross where Jesus once died for me. And I asked, is this the place where hope abides? And this he said to sought reassurance and I went to the tomb to the place where his body once laid and I cried Lord help me see is there hope here for me 